So we are, we're in this series on the book of Acts, which is, I think, a helpful place for us as a church in this season. One of the other interesting things about the, like, just the history of Northside is that we started, um, so I, I've been here four years, and we spent like two of them, one of them, one of them just trying to figure out what Northside was going to be. And then we decided, hey, let's start public gatherings. Let's put a sign out front and say, like, hey, we're a church. Come and join us. And a whole bunch of people joined us. That was really exciting. And we did that for, like, five months. And then COVID shut everything down. And then our, we went online. And, and now we're, whatever this season of COVID is, I don't know, done, past, living with. Uh, <laughs> and so now we're back. And people are excited to gather again, drink coffee, have t- community. But now we also need to ask, so what is the Holy Spirit inviting us to as a church? What is that going to look like in this new season of around our world when it looks like when many people have decided not to come back to gatherings, when people have decided to... And so, so it's helpful for us to turn to the book of Acts and ask, what was the church like? What is God doing in the life of the church? And so Acts is a great place for us to be. And... Um, it's very difficult for me to, to come up here because Greg preached the first two sermons on Acts and was like knocking them out of the park. They were amazing sermons and you can find them online. And, and one of the things from last week Greg just encouraged us is that, that in those times of lament and waiting, the church gathered to pray, to read the scriptures, and to surrender to the leading of God. And so we exist in a community in a time right now where we are in a time of lament and a time of waiting. There are many people in this congregation who are hurting, who life, church, family, work sucks. And so in those seasons, how are we waiting together? How are we praying? How are we reading scripture to hear from God, and how are we going to surrender to the leading of God? And, and last week in, in his sermon, Greg talked a little bit about the Holy Spirit and, and, um, and, and made this comment, like, sometimes the Holy Spirit's a little intimidating, right? Like, like you read this story like we just read here in Acts 2, and there's fire and people speaking in tongues and miracles and and if you're like me and you grew up in an mb church uh that seems a little bit weird and um i I remember being in high school and and going to like this this pentecostal worship night we were in southern manitoba and we went to some church that was having some big revival thing and like that was probably i was probably like 15 or something like that and i went into this church evening worship service and like people were falling down and speaking in weird tongues and people were like, and I was like, cool. <laughs> I don't, I've never seen this before, right? And so the Holy Spirit can be uh, untamable, uncontrollable. It can um, create in us a sense of unease, perhaps. And, and, and that happens i'm not yeah it's great if you've ever had the opportunity to speak in tongues or to be 
flooded and filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit, it, it's, it's a great time. It's, it's a blessing. And yet, also, I think sometimes we can also over-sensationalize the Holy Spirit and what it is, and it, it isn't a loss of control, um, because the Spirit of God partners with us to do mission, to do the things that God has called us to. It, 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 is a, it is an invitation to partner with God in what God is already doing in the world. And so in this story, Acts 2, 1 to 36, what we see is that the Spirit of God is already at work in the community around, all those tough names that Lizzie read for us, so I'm not going to attempt it. Um, so God's Spirit is already working in these people, has already brought them to this place in Jerusalem. The Spirit of God is working. And then the Spirit comes upon the church, 120 people living in a, you know, waiting on the Spirit of God in a little room. It's a small church gathered together. And the Spirit of God descends upon them, and they come out, and they begin to proclaim the work of God. So it, it's a sensational story, but as I was reading it and considering it, I, I was like, hey, you know, it's sensational, but it's also every day. And uh, part of, one of the hard things about preaching this passage is I did preach on Acts 2 like three months ago, and so I was like, how do we find something new in this sermon? Um, and so you can go back and listen to that one if you want something else. But let me just share with you four observations that as I was reading the book of Acts, as I was reading this passage, there are four things about the Holy Spirit's work that really stuck out to me. And I hope that, I hope that we will be a people who are open to the Holy Spirit in those big, sensational ways. Right? I'm, I am hands up, I'm ready. Like, if the Holy Spirit wants to descend upon us today with fire and wind and blow us out into the streets, cool. Like, we're, I'm, I'm down, we're not... We're not cessationists who believe that the Spirit of God doesn't do those things anymore. But there's also the very everyday realities of the Spirit working in the church that I want us to observe today. And so uh, Acts 2, verse 11 is where I want to start. Uh, and it says there, Cretans and Arabs, we, we hear them declaring the mighty works of God in our own languages. And they were all surprised and bewildered, and some said to each other, what does this mean? So these people have gathered. The Holy Spirit has been working in the life of these communities. He, the Spirit has brought them to this place. And, and then I think sometimes what we get caught up on is the miracle of everybody hearing it in their own language. That's what I usually attune to. I'm like, oh, the, the miracle, like, wow, the tongues that people are hearing. But what, I, what caught my attention this week as I was reading the passage is that we hear them declaring the mighty works of God. So what does the Holy Spirit do in us? The Holy Spirit enables us to declare the mighty works of God. All of us can do that, whether or not we're speaking in Parthian or... Oh man, I was going to say... Uh, What's the Slytherian? Parseltongue. You know, like whether or not we're declaring the, the, the words of God in Parseltongue or 
or in English. It doesn't matter what language you're speaking or whether or not God is enabling you to speak in a different language. What the Spirit of God will do in all of us is help us speak of the mighty works of God. So how do you know that you're filled with the Spirit of God? You are telling and proclaiming the works of God. This is where I saw God working in my life in the last week. This is how I have experienced the salvation of God in my life. This is how the Spirit of God has been turning my heart of stone into a heart of softness. This is how the Spirit of God has moved me into compassion and care for the least and the broken in society. This is why I'm not obsessed with climbing the corporate ladder and making millions of dollars, but I actually want to give myself away to the broken and the needy in this world. This is the mighty work of God working in my life. Can you proclaim that? The Spirit of God if is living in you will enable us to proclaim the mighty works of God. The mechanism might not be as spectacular as Acts 2, but the message will be the same. The mechanism might not be as spectacular as Act 2, but the message will be the same. We will declare the mighty works of God to those around us. Observation number two comes in verse 17. I love this. is one of my favorite parts of the whole Bible. It says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions, and your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. The Holy Spirit is for all people. Men, women, Jew, Gentile, the Spirit of God is poured out on all. The Holy Spirit makes no distinction, and it is for all. And I would just observe that this truth is very hard for religious people to grasp. Because religious people like to put the boundaries around where the Holy Spirit's going to land and who's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we like sometimes to, to set the rules and say, well, this is who the Spirit will be like. And this is what it will look like to be a person filled with the Spirit. And what we find in the book of Acts as it goes on is the Holy Spirit keeps pushing religious people out of their comfort zones because people that shouldn't be full of the Holy Spirit are full of the Holy Spirit. And so Cornelius is going to blow up all of the religious rules and expectations about who the Spirit of God can be on. And the religious Jews are going to go, well, that doesn't fit my paradigm. And so the book of Galatians is all about a church in Galatia who's struggling because the Holy Spirit is showing up in ways and it doesn't fit the religious paradigm and the way that things were supposed to be. And all the religious rules were getting broken and tossed out. So the Holy Spirit is poured out on all people and religious people have a tough time understanding that. And so we need to be aware we need to be people who expect the Holy Spirit to be in people that we may not expect it to, and we need to be open to the fact that God doesn't work in all of our expected ways. I heard, a, uh, I'm probably going to screw this up because this is, I don't have notes anymore, um, but I, I saw somebody and they were talking about the parable of the weeds and the, the sower, and, and, and an interpretation of that parable is actually that, that the weeds the weeds are actually the kingdom of God growing up in all the nice order of the religion and the religious leaders going around picking out the, the things of God. 
It's like, well, these weeds don't fit my nice garden, so I've got to pull them out. And it's like, well, actually, maybe, maybe the sower was planting things that disrupt. And so the Holy Spirit is disruption. Observation number three, verse 28. He says, You have shown me the paths of life, and your presence will fill me with happiness. That line really grabbed me today. Uh, this week and today. Uh, you have shown me the paths of life and your presence will fill me with happiness. So how do we know that we are filled with the Holy Spirit? What is the, the fruit or the evidence that the Spirit of God is, is moving in us, is active in us? Let me suggest to you that it comes in this idea that we're filled with happiness in life. That the road we're on is leading us that way. Now that does not mean that everything is good. Right? That doesn't mean that I am always happy. That doesn't mean that we don't have times of lament, of crying, of sadness, of hurt, of brokenness. We do not live in a false reality where we just have to make ourselves feel happy. That, that's fake. That doesn't exist. That's, uh, that's a spiritual abuse to tell people that, that, well, because the Spirit of God is in you, you must be happy, right? No. We, we recognize we live in a broken world that causes hurt. We live in a world in which people have mental illness and struggles and depression, and those things exist. That's the reality of the world we live in. But it is a question to me of the trajectory the direction that we are trying to go. <laughs> is my life leading me towards more life? Do the paths and decisions that I make lead to the flourishing of life for myself and other people? Or does it lead us to bondage and pain? Does it lead us to the way of death? Does the path I'm on lead towards happiness? towards joy like like this idea i was like like the spirit comes and people think that they're drunk right like i i uh i bartended for the first time in my life uh this week i don't know if you say that like the pastor is also a bartender uh there was a big event at vendasta and they needed some volunteers so i ended up bartending and um some of those people were having a really good time <laughs> like there was a lot of kind of joy you get that you know like if you've been around people that are at that buzzy stage there's there's kind of a fun time then it goes down and it gets bad and and that's where i would just say is the path you're on leading towards life and flourishing or is it leading towards destruction and anger and, and those other things. But, but why is it that when people saw the apostles out there, they're like, well, these guys got to be drunk. Like, there's no other explanation for the joy that they have in this time. Like, they're just, they're hopping around, they're buzzing, they're laughing, they're smiling, they're telling jokes, they're, they're like, the life of the Spirit is one that leads to joy. That there is a excitement about the things that are happening. 
And so I, I think that we can discern the Spirit in us and in others by the direction of our life. That, that not that it's always happy, but that our life is leading towards joy. That Jesus is the one who says, I have come to bring abundant life. And let us be like that. Last observation, thing I want to point out. Verse 33. It says, he was exalted to God's right side and received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. He poured out this Spirit and you are seeing and hearing the results of his having done this. Jesus was exalted to God's right side. He received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. He poured out this Spirit and you are seeing and hearing the results of him having done this. So the Spirit is given by Christ to us, and the result becomes visible and audible to those around. There is something that other people can observe in us when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. People can look, they can hear, they can see that there's something different. This is the gift of the Spirit in us, and, and one of the interesting things that, that's happened as I have moved into this new role at Vendasta is everybody asks, so like, what, what, what did you do before this? And I have to say, well, I was a pastor. And that's a little bit awkward because I don't know their stories and their religious background. And I, I'm like, I hope that doesn't like, ruin our relationships. But, but one of the things that I've been told now multiple times by multiple people in a month. Oh, that's interesting. People of faith do really well here. And so there's another former pastor who also works there. People speak very highly of him. They're like, yeah, he's great. There's a number of people at the gathering, uh, one of our other congregations of Forest Grove, I think there's three people from the gathering that work at Vendasta. They have an amazing reputation among the other staff and leadership. When I was interviewing, I name-dropped one of them, and, and the, the guy interviewing me said, oh, if, if you hang out with that sort of person, you're going to do well. There, and, and so this is managers. This is people that I don't know, and they say, oh, it's interesting. And, and it's just their observation. People of faith do well. There is something about the Holy Spirit in these people's lives on my floor that people are seeing, that people can observe. And it's not that we're focused on money. It's not that we're like the best salespeople because we've like learned to manipulate people's heartstrings or something, <laughs> right? It, but I, I don't know how else to explain it other than the Holy Spirit is working in the lives, through the lives of these people, and it's making them different. And our co-workers notice. And so we know that the Holy Spirit is in us and working through us when the work of the Holy Spirit working in us is visible to people. Not in the tongues of flames, not in the speaking of different language, but in the life of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, 
self-control. That as we exhibit and exude the, the Spirit of God in us, we become different. And our co-workers look at us and they say, well, that's interesting. So you're a person of faith? You're a person of faith? Why is it that you all do so well? And we see that the Spirit of God is working. And so the Spirit of God, evidence of the Spirit, let's not get caught only in the sensational. It's good, like that part. But also let us be full uh, people that are full of the Spirit as we go, as the church calls us, as God's Spirit calls us out to where the Spirit of God is already working. And then let us be full of the Spirit of God so that we can declare the mighty works of God to those around us. Let us be people full of the Spirit so that all people can know and experience the Spirit. Let us be aware that God's Spirit is working in other peoples, even the people that we think most likely wouldn't have the Spirit of God in them, that we would be open and ready to experience and learn and see God working there. Let us be people with the Spirit of God in us that moves us into the way of life and happiness and joy, even in the midst of bad circumstances, even in the midst of our struggles and our pain, that we can find the joy from the Spirit of God that transcends those experiences. Let us be people that live on the pathway to more life and freedom rather than living on the way of path of death and sin and hurt. And let us be people who, as the Spirit of God is poured into us, we would be people that those around us would be able to see and hear the difference that God is making in us as we move in that direction. Amen?